That's just not the musical. What the heck? It's good. It's Little Los Lobos. It's Friday morning. Hey, sports fans. Welcome to Hebsy on Sports, episode 321. I'm your host, Mark Hebsher, podcasting from the temporary studio. I don't even should we even call it a studio. Well, it is temporary, so I guess it would it would qualify as a temporary studio in Markham, Ontario, uh, gateway to Stouffville. White Church, Stouffville, and then on to Uxbridge and, you know, other exotic locales here in, I guess, the northeast corner of the GTA. And at the Mothership in New Toronto, down in the southern, kind of southwest corner of the GTA, I guess we'd say, we have Toronto Mike as usual. So we're covering the entire greater Toronto area and beyond today on the show. I know I'm a bit late to the party because it was last Sunday, if you were a Chiefs fan, but that holding call to end the Super Bowl was just egregious. And I have an idea that will eliminate those controversial calls in the future. We will never again have to argue about a referee's call. Well, maybe once or twice we might. (laughs) Uh, We'll talk about that. Baseball spring training is underway and I couldn't be happier, especially with today's weather. It's horrible out there. But there are about 10 new rules that players and fans and media need to be aware of because they're gonna change the game dramatically and forever. We'll go over the rules and some of the things you have to watch for that they got to start doing in spring training, like right now, or else the entire season is going to be a clusterfuck with the, oh, I forgot the rule. <laughs> I forgot, to, like in the middle of the game, you can't try a third pickoff. If you do and you're unsuccessful, it's a balk. Like this is going to be going through a pitcher's head now. And by the way, get that pitch out of there in 15 seconds, 10, 9, 8, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, speed that game up, less than three hours, come on. <laughs> Canada's women's soccer team had threatened to boycott their game with the United States yesterday over equal pay and other issues. And you know what? They should have followed through with their threat. Their performance on the pitch was horrible. Mm. We'll get into that story as well. Plus the NBA All-Star Weekend, the Maple Leafs, Tiger Woods back on the golf course in LA and threatening tennis news and the slow death of regional sports networks in the United States that threatened the very existence of TV sports as we know it today. Cable and satellite out, digital is in. It's all coming up, but first, the aforementioned Toronto Mike in New Toronto, broadcasting from the mothership there. Hebsey, man, you said that your new location there in Markham, it's uh, temporary. What does that mean? Does it mean like you're going to be bounced into some other location at some point soon? Like what is temporary? No, no, no. The location as it is now, right? The the venue as it is now needs to be uh, updated so so that we can take the temporary sign off. Do you understand? And you need to install that ISDN line and all that important stuff. Not doing that. But I'm talking about the, the location, the actual location of where I am here in the temporary studio. Gotcha. I mean, it may end up being, you know, 10 feet that way, four well, feet that what's way. What's the ETA on this development? I'm quite excited to find out where you end up. Uh, like, I you- can't give you one. I got to talk to the contractors. <laughs> it's a whole... It's like the Ugh. dome renovations, you know, like they're just... No, they're no, working on them. worse, 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 worse. <laughs> because people have to be displaced. Things have to be displaced. Things have to be moved around. Heavy things have to be moved around. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, sound quality, Mike, it all comes down to the sound quality of the podcast, really. How it looks is sort of secondary. But as you know, in this day and age with multiple platforms, you know, it's better to look good and to sound good than it is to feel good. We wanted to uh, perform better than uh, the SN Bets uh, property at Sportsnet. 
What happened with that? Like, cause that's a huge shock. Eh? I mean, didn't we all think that was going to go on forever and make <laughs> millions of dollars for SN the big board. So there's no, no more big board, no more cabbie. Like what's, what's well, that's going on? the, that's I hear that's what's coming down the pipe, but I think they should have had, like, you should have been able to bet on how long SN bets would last. Like that should have been a bet. <laughs> I was listening the other day, Mike, uh, what was it? Um, uh, one of the, t- one of the, um, all sports stations in Toronto. And I can't remember which one. And I can't even remember who was speaking at the time because they all kind of sort of sound alike. Um, but they were talking about in the NBA, like, Oh, the Raptors got uh Jakob Pertl, who's a center. Right. And, and so one of the guys was saying, you know what, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to start betting more on the over on assists for like Fred Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes, because with Pertl now in the middle, they'll be more apt to pass him the ball for an easy layup or a dunk, you see. And so they'll probably get more assists. So I want to see what the over, and I'm thinking, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you're you're going to watch a basketball game right? to see if your guy gets like set over seven assists. Degenerate, yeah. Like, come on, man. No, no, but I mean, that's the reason you're going to watch the game. That's, right. that, oh, God, I can't, that's no, what sorry, guys, can't, go out, right. can't go out tonight. Can't go out tonight. Right. Got to see if Fred Van Fleet gets more than seven assists on my parlay. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so that's what's going on there. So yeah, I'm sorry to hear about SN bets, and I'm not sorry to hear because it was it was clogging up the airwaves. It was too many times. It was like, who wants to watch this? And, and there's this. like literally no. I was uh, just on Twitter this morning engaging with uh, Mike in Boston, who sometimes comments on these things, and uh, he was talking about how there's a complete lack of organic engagement with any of the social media posts from SN Bet. So you know how you throw up a thing about how I don't know Jesse Barfield, whatever, whatever, and then he actual human yeah. beings will reply to you and retweet you and just chat with you like human beings. They don't have that going on at SN Bets. <laughs> All right, now that we've buried them. Let's get to baseball, because even though the season hasn't started, it's already started. You know that. As soon as you see somebody in Florida or Arizona walking across the parking lot, right, you know it's started. Right. Now, I'm telling you this right now. I mean, pitchers and catchers don't have to officially report until I don't even know what the day It doesn't matter. Guys live down there. As soon as they open up the gates, they're there. Right. And as soon as the media is allowed and the teams are allowed to go down there, and, and remember this, folks. All the media relations departments of these teams, they're run by the teams. These guys set out the quote-unquote narrative, right? And you can get a couple of, you know, here's here's your selected media that's allowed down there, and here's what we're going to give you. Well, we're going to let you record with your phones, you know, the pitchers throwing to the catchers and shit like that. We're going to give you all that stuff. But you have to, and then immediately, of course, if you as soon as you've got 15, there, look, there's Don Mattingly walking across the parking lot, shaking hands with Vladimir Guerrero. It's baseball season. It's so exciting. Yes. Don't you think? Oh, my God, yeah. Well, because mainly for us, it's like on a day like today when it feels like, I don't know, minus 10 out there and it's icy. Uh, that just gives you hope that, oh, yeah, one day spring right. will come here too. Right. Now I'm going to talk about this a little later. I'm going to tell you about uh, one of the sto- a couple of the stories when we used to go to spring training. When in fact you had to take like lots of equipment and stuff like that. And you know, very different from nowadays. Like, oh, give me 15 seconds of Don Mattingly talking to Vladdy at first base. Okay, and then just hit send, and now the whole world sees it in eight seconds. Right. 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 So if you like, if you follow the people that I do, it's like every five seconds I got the same video just coming from a different, you know, whoever's down in spring training. Rob Longley, Keegan Matheson, uh, Hazel May, Ben Nicholson-Smith, Ben Wagner. You know, I mean, I got them all, right? right. Every Whoever covers the Jays on a regular basis, and even, even the team, you know, everybody's got videos. Like, just put your phone up there. 
It's like when I was, what was I watching the other day? Uh, everybody had their phone up. Oh, I know, Tiger Woods. He's teeing off and they've got a shot. Oh, LeBron James. No, when LeBron, LeBron James, James right. put, yes, when he put up the shot to, to set the record, they showed that moment and everyone is taking everyone a picture. Everyone looking through their phones. Now, so everybody honestly, wants to capture it. How many of these people went back, right? Like like in right. the moment, instead of watching But the it's moment, for the went, Instagram, right? It's just for this, right. that moment in social media. Exactly. Yeah. But how many of them actually went back and, and watched no. it again? Like, so I'm going to go watch it again. Really, it sits on their phone. They as soon as they post it, it's like, okay, fine. I want. Well, it's a brag. Like, look what I witnessed live. Look at this. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. (laughs) Um, So anyway, baseball's. uh, This is going to be a season like never before. Twenty twenty three will go down in history as being the maybe the weirdest season of all in baseball. And the reason is there's just a ton of rule changes, sort of all happening at the same time into our consciousness being implemented to speed up the game and make it more offensive minded. Cause let's face it for most people, baseball is slow. It's arduous. There's not enough, you know, ball in play. There's a strikeout. There's a home run, but not a lot going on between and they want to speed that up. And the games are over three hours and blah, 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 blah. So here's the new rules in baseball this year that we have to be aware of. Number one, the shift has been banned. There will be no more shift. All four infielders must have both feet on the infield dirt. Okay, not back on the outfield grass. Both feet on the dirt when the pitch is delivered. And two players on each side of second base only. Thank you very much. Any player who doesn't do so, a whack on the wrist, and the team is charged a ball. Public humiliation. You didn't have both feet on the dirt. We're calling you on that one. I'm waiting for the first call for that. I'm waiting for the first time that happens. Where the ump goes, there's no whistle, remember? Time, time, time. <laughs> he wasn't, he didn't have both feet on the grass when the pitch was delivered. That's a ball. What's the count again? Yeah, and now the ump's got to go, okay, count's now three and two instead of two and two. That's a ball. So I'm waiting to see the first time that happens. And, and the infielder looking at the ump going, fuck you. <laughs> the fucking had both fucking feet done. This is what you're watching. Because that's what the umps do. What are they going to be? That's your new job, ump. you got to keep your eyes on that. Okay, so, so. If I'm the third base ump, am I keeping my eyes on the third baseman and the shortstop? Or is the second base ump watching the shortstop and the, and the second baseman? Or is the first base ump, like, come on, really? This is what you're going to do? Here's a power hitter up there, right? You, you, you want to play your infield deep because he hits the shit out of the ball. And now you want the umpires to keep their eyes on the tippy toes of all, all four infielders. Okay? Jesus. <laughs> So that's going to be, there's a lot to digest right there, as, I, as I've explained to you. So, so, so there's no more shift, and that's all there is to it. Now, the pitcher, okay, now has 15 seconds with nobody on base. So the first thing the pitcher has to do is, is look around and say, okay, are there men on base? And by the time he decides whether there are or aren't, five seconds have gone by. And now in his head, it's like, shit, do I have 10 seconds to fucking throw the ball now or five seconds? And where's the clock? And where am I looking at it? And who's got the, and does the buzzer go off? is there a five second buzzer like you know like in boxing mike each round is three minutes long three minutes yes but when there's 10 seconds to go in the round there's this clapper right so the it's like a warning track in baseball you know Mm -hmm. the, the end is near and so with 10 seconds to go you get a warning so what happens when the batter's standing in there and the pitcher's about to deliver and everybody's looking or is everyone looking at the clock three two now now you're at two seconds. Now with one second to go, he begins to rock into his motion. 
is that a violation? Did he, does he have to get the pitch off in time right. or, or does the clock stop when he starts to rock into his motion? Cause you know, some of those guys like Nestor Cortez of the Yankees yeah. takes him eight seconds by the time he rocks into his motion, right? right? He stands up there. He sticks his leg up there for a while, but by the time he delivers the pitch, it's a few more seconds. So how are they going to time that? And the batter has to be ready to hit, has to be in the batter's box and aware, aware, like looking at the pitcher with at least eight seconds left on the clock. And the ump's going to have a warning buzzer attached to him that, 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 yeah, with five seconds to go. And it's got to be loud enough for everyone to hear. So what the fuck is it going to be like? Can you imagine? What's it going to be like around home plate? Because you now have a clock in baseball. And nobody suspected. Like nobody. Like, come on, there, there. Three, two pitch. He's got two seconds to throw it. He's got one second to throw it. He, oh no, it's a walk that loads the bases that forces in the winning run and the game is over. But you do it's agree happen, we Mike. need to, we Mike, need to speed happen. up these games. Like that's going to happen, but it's, we need Mike, to speed up the game. Listen games. to me. Yeah. It's going to happen. Three, two pitch. Okay. Yeah. Bases loaded. Now the guy's fouled off eight pitches in a row. Base loaded tie game. Three, yeah. two pitch. The pitcher is fucking sweating bullets. He's got to get the pitch off. You got 20 seconds. <laughs> Now, who's going to be the umpire to go, <clears throat> that's it? Or does it come from New York? <clears throat> Is there an eye in the sky that says, no, we've got the clock and we matched the clock up. We matched it up. And guess what? You didn't rock into your motion by the time the clock hit zero. And that's a ball. And that forces in the game winning run. The World that's Series a, winning a, run. Right. Mike, that's a walk off. <laughs> Think about this. It's right. a walk off what? What would you call that? <laughs> a walk off clock fuck like what what's that violation called? some kind of a, yeah. a walk off but the thing is you've walked off you you stood in there you right. didn't do a fucking thing right you didn't you didn't even take a pitch right you stood in there and allowed the pitcher to essentially double fault right he didn't get the pitch off in time or he, a code violation timing violation. same thing in tennis right you don't get that but rarely is that ever called rarely so i want to see how often that's called that's going to be nuts a clock and remember this, pitchers now are only allowed two disengagements. This is the rule, disengagements. So a disengagement would be a pickoff, right? A pickoff attempt, a fake pickoff, stepping off the rubber, or even calling timeout. Those are called disengagements. You're allowed two per at bat, per plate appearance, two. So here's what happens, okay? Um, Springer gets on base, leads off, you know, leads off the game. So gets on base, right? And uh, he's gonna he's gonna steal. So the pitcher throws back to first, and he's uh, and Springer gets back. And uh, here's the pitch, and it's a called strike. It's zero and one. And now now the pitcher throws back again, and Springer barely gets back. Now, if the pitcher decides during this bat at bat that he's gonna try to throw back again, if he doesn't pick Springer off, it's an automatic balk. So the runner goes to second base. So now if he's tried two pickoffs and you're the runner, what are you going to do? You're going to take a big lead, big fucking lead. You're going to take a huge lead because baseball wants more base running, more stolen bases, more action going on. Okay? No pitcher, unless the pitcher's got an outstanding pickoff move and he knows he's going to get a runner. And I don't know any pitcher like that. As good a move as it is, how good is your move that you're positive you can pick that runner off? You're not going to do it. You're not even going to think about it. I've already tried twice. I can't get the guy. I'm thinking home. Now the base runner's got license to steal, literally. And guess what, Mike? The bag that he's going to steal, it's way bigger, way bigger. They used to be 15 inches, okay? 
square and now they're 18 inches square. They're huge. So now you've got bases that are bigger, right? And they're now closer together by three or four inches. So that bang, bang play at first base, that infield hit, Mike, is going to go to the runner now more times than not because the base he's going for is a bigger base to get to, easy to cover. Same with a base stealer. You can go around the tag of, uh, you know, a, a sweep tag, for example, and, and grab the, the back part of the base. It's way over there. So you're going to see a lot more safe calls around the bases because there's just a bigger area for the runner to land, either with his foot or with his hand, to secure the base. So that's another rule. Oh, by the way, the ghost runner, 10th inning and on, or whatever you call it, now permanent. Permanent. So even more reason for players to practice bunting and playing small ball, because in extra innings, you're just looking to get a run in there. Am I right? You want to get that run in there and then and then in the bottom of the inning to win it, yeah. or you want to get that run and then put your best reliever in in the bottom of the inning to, you know, to save the game. I love the running game. I love small ball. I, I don't have a big problem with this, but here's what I'd love to see. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see instead of a ghost runner starting in the 10th inning, the defense has to take one player off the field that inning and then each subsequent inning. So you start the 10th <laughs> inning with one less player. So now your center fielder moves over to left and your left fielder is out of the game, let's say. Right? Interesting. Or, or one of your infielders, you say, oh, you know, we're going to play, you know, we're going to play Vladdy here and we're going to take our second baseman out of the game and we're going to move our, our outfielders up, which you're allowed to do. You can shift your outfielders as much as you want to. But I think that would make it way more exciting, kind of like four on four or three on three in overtime in hockey. Because what you want is you want a result. When you're playing three on three in overtime in hockey, you want a result. You want someone to win. And in baseball, the idea at extra innings is you want someone to win quicker. Let's get it done. So how do we do that? Take a player off the field. Now a guy hits a fly ball and suddenly that fly ball is like, holy shit, there's nobody playing over there. Right? Would be exciting as hell. Can you imagine you're in the 17th inning and there's three guys on the field? (laughs) (laughs) Your pitcher, uh, first baseman who could also play second and like a left fielder who's also your shortstop. That would be hysterical. (laughs) Now to be clear, they're not even considering this idea. This is from the... um... The, the acid dreams of uh, Mark Hebsher. Correct, correct. The LSD dreams of myself. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Hebsher, um, before we leave baseball, can I just point out that uh, last week I shared a story about going to a fancy Italian restaurant and the sommelier was uh, Joey Votto's mom and I was uh, surprised. You didn't, say, you didn't say it was an Italian restaurant. Oh, yes, it was you Italian. You never mentioned okay. that it was an Italian restaurant. You said fancy. But you didn't fancy say Italian, Italian so restaurant. That, that narrows it down. <laughs> Well, I'll give you, yeah, uh, not too far from the Sherway Gardens. Now, uh, if, not if, uh, I did receive multiple emails from baseball fans, including one who's guested on Hebsey on Sports, who did not know that Joey Votto's mom was a sommelier and appreciated that fun fact, because you made it sound last week like it was common knowledge. Everybody who knows about well, uh, baseball anyone knows that. that. Anyone, anyone that, that knows anything about baseball. Well, many people reached out to say, I did not know that. Well, there you go. So now you know more about baseball. That's what I'm here for, isn't it, Mike? Even Brian now points out he didn't know about this either. So uh, there you go. Look, I, look, listen, do you want me to say that I'm more well-read than well, we know everyone that. else? We know that. I can't, I don't, but I don't know if, uh, you know, our listeners are as well-read or more well-read than I am. And You're the 1%, my, I think. My assumption was, my assumption now is, if I know it, everybody must know it. Because <laughs> it used to be that I knew more than everybody. No. Now everybody knows more than me anyway, right? Like, they just... They, they do more research. They read more than whatever. No, so, uh, rarely mis- uh, do people put in the research of a Mark Hebsher. I would put you I in that. I mistakenly uh, thought. 
that <laughs> it was fairly common knowledge in the baseball world, okay. not so much in the Blue Jay world, but in the baseball world, that Joey Votto's mom was a sommelier. Anyway. I'm looking now. Steve didn't know. Chris F. Grave is on your well, YouTube that, channel. I mean, he didn't those know. Guys, I mean, those guys. I mean, you know, they know a lot, but I didn't expect them to know. <laughs> but it's a fun fact just, that now I share just, it with everybody. I tell that story now when I'm hanging out. Who was the first to say fun fact? Who was the first person to say, I've got a fact and it's fun? I've got a fun fact. Good question. As opposed to a fact that's not fun. Like, there's a lot of people that go fun fact that go, I go, well, wait a minute. Yeah, you'll say not so fun fact. Uh, I don't think that's fun. Deaths are on the rise. A fun fact has to be a certain type. It can't just be a number. It's got to be fun. Like, oh, that's fun. Right. It's got to be something Joey Votto's mom being a sommelier is a fun fact. That's a fun fact. And even Canada Kev has just chimed in, our pot-smoking buddy, to say he did not know that. Mike, not fair to say that. Which part? You don't want, no, you don't want, you don't want to give Canada Kev the stigma of being oh there's no stigma anymore he no, no no it. you're intelligent fun loving easygoing buddy who enjoys marijuana no 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 but Cannabis, you don't have to sorry. say pot smoke because what you're doing is it's like saying you know oh he's a roofer you know certain there's certain things certain professions certain whatever that are looked they're frowned upon by certain people what you year know, is this stigma attached. <laughs> stigma attached so let's not take Kev for example and say he's a He's a sports loving dude. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who, who enjoys himself. And okay. um, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to be known as just like a pod, oh, the podcasting guy. Like that's one dimensional. I've been called worse than that. I could take. No, but you have a life though. You're a father. You're a husband. You're a, you know, you're a, you're a solid citizen. But you don't want to be known. Oh, you're that podcast guy. You know, like sort of podcast guy. Pot smoking podcast guy would be worse. But anyway. <laughs> Okay, Mike, yes, last sir. Sunday yep. in the Super Bowl, great yep. game, great, 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 right up to the end. Yeah. That horrible holding call that ended the Super Bowl. So, uh, and I didn't, I mean, I picked the Eagles to win. That's fine. I didn't lose any money on the game. And even Kansas City fans were like, whew, we got away with that one there. Because <laughs> even though it was technically holding, and the player guy said, yep, no, I held him. The official who threw the flag had to know that as soon as he reached into his pocket for that flag, for interference, the game was over. Mm. As soon as he reached for it and he pulled his arm back and he went to throw that flag, the game was over, right? Yeah. He knew it. Well, he, he also he knew, knew it was a hold, but go continue. I want to hear your no, no, uh, take on this. He knew it. He knew it. Right, right, right. So he's throwing the flag, right? Now, um, he's throwing the flag before he's even realizing, hey, could Juju Smith-Schuster have caught that ball? So as he's throwing the flag and the ball is incomplete and Schuster is turning back to go back to the sidelines because he knows he couldn't have caught the ball. The play is over. It's fourth down. And Kansas City's going to have to give up the ball in the most dramatic, exciting, finishing Super Bowl maybe of all time would have been. Mm -hmm. He's already run back to the sidelines. But the official has thrown the flag, Mike. He's released the flag. Yeah. That means the call is there. He's, he's decided that once the infraction has taken place, regardless of how the outcome of the play ended, he had to throw that, that flag right then. And what I'm saying to you is, you can institute a rule starting next year, giving the officials discretion, the way they do in soccer. Mike, there's a thing in soccer called playing the advantage. You know what I'm talking about? What the referee does? Not sure, no. He plays the event. So I'm rushing down the field. Countering, I got my teammates all rushing with me. I've got the ball, okay? Mm -hmm. And I get fouled. And the reason I got fouled might have been because they wanted to stop this attack. 
and they knew that they, the referee would blow the whistle and stop and then award a free kick on that spot. But the referee has the discretion to allow the team to play the advantage, which means instead of blowing the whistle and stopping the play, he allows the play to continue, right? Play the advantage so that the attacking team can continue their attack. He has that discretion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you see what I mean? He doesn't blow the whistle. He watches the play and say, no, I'm not going to blow it yet. I might blow it later, but no, let's see this attack continue. So if the same thing applied for an official in football, that he would not throw that flag until after the play. And he, he had decided, nope, he couldn't, he couldn't have caught that ball anyway. No reason for me to throw the flag. In other words, the infraction had nothing to do with the result of the play. That to me would be better, wouldn't be perfect, but it would allow the official to wait. Because you know, a lot of times you go, well, that was a late call. As if the official had to make that call instantly. Right. Here, I think we've realized that in, on a play like that, past interference, a lot of hand grabbing that goes on. It wasn't called during the game. Key, key, not key time during the game. That that official should have been allowed to wait for the play to end, and then decide whether a flag should be thrown or not. The same way in soccer, a guy goes down. There's a pause. Everybody looks at the referee, and he he nods and said, "No, no, no foul." And you're going, "Wait a second, but blah, blah. and you go, "Yeah, but it had nothing to do with the play." And so in that case, there, the official does not throw the flag. He sees that Schuster could not have Smith Schuster could not have caught the ball. He leaves the flag in his pocket, right? Different ending to the game, perhaps. So that's my thing there. The other one is this: with all the gambling that's going on, even though SN Bets is no longer, <laughs> people are betting everywhere. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you this right now, Mike. In the next couple of years, and maybe sooner, there's going to be a point shaving scandal in the NFL. Did you see the play where, and I don't know the Casey runner, I forget is the running back, but he's going to score a touchdown with a minute 20 to go. Yeah. And he just takes a knee at the one yeah. yard line. Yes. So just seeing that, just seeing that alone is akin to a guy's got an open net in hockey and he just. Not the same. Fans on it. He fans on it. He misses it. Yes, but this he play was strategic in order to win the Super Bowl. Right, like there's a huge difference between missing an open net like that intentionally. Like, like clearly but, 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 but this was a clock about game. The game. Mike, forget about winning the game. What if the point spread wasn't what it was? Well, the player's not. What if? Hang on. What if that. I had? What if you and I had a parlay with whoever the running back was scoring a touchdown? Part of our parlay was Joe Blow scores touchdown, and here he's running to the end zone. You're going to win your bet, and he takes a knee at the one. Yeah, but his priority what, is to no, win no, the game. On. He doesn't what care I'm about saying, your Mike, bet. Mike, yeah, what I'm, I'm saying to you is this. Yeah, I'm listening. It would have been easy for whoever that running back was, regardless mm -hmm. of the circumstance, to have made a bet early. You know, he, he would legally make a bet on his team winning by a certain number of points. Right? Except he that it, have easily, he, he did the right play. The out, Mike, it didn't change the outcome of the game at all. Only the number of points that were scored. But that's hindsight. You don't know what happens if you Mike, give enough Mike, Billy enough time with the only ball. Only the number of points that were scored. So under normal circumstances, that's a touchdown. X number of points, total number of points, that guy get a touchdown. The fact that he didn't score mm -hmm. and you had a bet going on the game and you said, wait a minute, I got a bet going for this guy, you know, his, his particular guy to score. There's too many variables. There's too many different situations where a player can just do something innocuously and it can affect the outcome of a, not the outcome of the game but the outcome of the points sure. or any other number of bets. And especially in the Super Bowl, all these exotic bets, all these parlays, all these prop bets. And you're going, what? That's kind of, 
did that guy? And you're going, no, of course he didn't do it on purpose. He did do it on purpose, but he did it because he didn't want the other team to get the ball back. We understand that. Yeah, which was a but there, genius play. But there's going to be situations, whether planned or not, and you're going <laughs> to yeah. look and go, hmm. And I'm going to tell you this right now. There is going to be a point-shaving investigation mm -hmm. sooner than later because there's just any anybody can bet on sports man and anything can happen and if a ref doesn't throw a flag and should have thrown a flag and a receiver goes down early a guy misses a field goal uh you know another situation where a touchdown could have been scored but they settled for a field goal or they ran the clock out even more so now sure because the player running the clock out could have had a huge bet on the, that outcome of his team winning but but not by seven points let's say Okay, a few things real quick here uh, before we move on to soccer is okay. Firstly, uh, there's e you told me last week there's even bets on how long the super uh, the national anthem goes, the Star Spangled yep. Banner, right? So yep. I mean, <laughs> there's we could have a con Chris Stapleton uh, anthem shaving uh, controversy, like uh, you know he 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 had all his buddies put all their money on the under, and then he made sure he sped through it or something, right? Like you got totally that. possible. Yeah. So, again, that's a one-off. Like that's, that's a okay. Super Bowl kind of one-off thing. But I, but I'm talking about everyone's watching and going, hmm. Hmm. Except that nobody watched look, and said that guy yeah. didn't look like he was trying so hard. Sure, sure, right. Sure, sure, so when sure. you're explaining it, you also one day might have to explain that it's possible. Of course, it's possible. We saw it in the NBA. That's right? the reason this didn't happen. Right, right, right. This right. didn't happen was because of betting. Was because somebody had a big bet on that outcome, and it could have been a nothing outcome. It could have been an over under. Number of points scored in total, which has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. It's only total number of points scored. But still, still, how about this, Mike? We, there was a game. I watched a game in Philadelphia. I was sitting with Rick Tockett and Scott Mellenby wow. and Murray Craven of Philadelphia Flyers. Wow. Gone for a weekend. Me and Tockett's brother, Andy, went down for a weekend. So we're at the Philly-Dallas game. Philly is leading with eight seconds to go in the game. Right? They're leading already. They're going to win the game against Dallas. And mm -hmm. Randall Cunningham, the quarterback, pretends to take a knee and instead throws the touchdown pass, right? <laughs> With eight seconds to go right. to rub it in. Right. And we're going wild <laughs> because we had the over wow. and we're losing. Wow. We had the over and just going, whoa. So you don't think that we we're like, hmm, I wonder if Randall Cunningham had the over. Because with eight seconds to go, mm -hmm. the only reason you're doing, there's two reasons. One is you got the over and you need more points. And the other one is you hate Dallas so much right. that you want to fucking rub it in. Right. And of course, that's what everybody figured. They just wanted to rub it in. <laughs> that's, that's wild. But I mean, but you're looking at going, wait, there's no reason you're already winning by whatever it was, right? Sure. So, mm, suspicion. Well, buyer beware. But one last thing on the hold, okay, so to get away from the gambling there, is that uh, you said it off the top, that was a hold. Like, the, the ref got it right. So I don't even understand why people are so pissed off he called that, that, that hold. When it's clearly a hold. Right, but it was, there were clear holds earlier in the game that weren't called. So he, they should have called the other those thing is this, The other thing is, again, Mike, if yeah. I hold you and then you break away from me and go and score a goal, am I going to still get charged with a holding penalty? No. So what I'm saying to you is if you allow the play to, if it had nothing to do with the result of the play, then it's, it, it's, a, it's an infraction, but it doesn't mean it has to be called. That's well, don't, don't hold and then it's not a problem, right? Right. But that's, again, that type of holding goes on all the time, right? And if you're consistent and you've been calling it all game, then the player knows with two minutes to go in the game not to hold. But if all game long everyone's been holding, right? Admittedly, they said oh, it goes on all the time. So again, timing's everything. Okay. Now to soccer. Oh, God. The eighth edition of the She Believes Cup. 
because it was Canada against the United States. There's four countries. There's Canada, the U.S., Brazil, and Japan. And they play. Uh, they played yesterday in Orlando. They're playing, I think, tomorrow or in Nashville, and I don't know the other locations. But it's been going on for <clears throat> excuse me eight years now, and it's always look Canada, U.S. is no matter what the sport is, but in women's soccer, fantastic rivalry. But as you know, the Canadian players should have gone through with their plans to boycott the game when they had the chance. They should have, like they threatened to boycott. They should have boycotted. They had every reason to boycott. We would have all backed them on a boycott. We would have backed them, Mike. They threatened to go on strike instead. They capitulated and decided to play the game anyway, which was a big mistake. They weren't into it mentally. They're probably exhausted from all this. Should we boycott? Should we not boycott? They're not thinking strategy. They're not focused. And you could tell <clears throat> they fell behind like right from the opening kick. Almost immediately they conceded in the seventh minute. And then they allowed a horrible goal in the 34th minute. And then that was it. That was all she wrote. They lost two to nothing to the U.S., um, they had one good chance near the end of the first half, but really they were just <clears throat> terrible. And, and of course they were. How can you blame them? You know, no enthusiasm, no passion. They burned out from that, oh, probably all the negotiations and the talk and going on social media and everything like that. You can't blame them. You got these motherfuckers at the Canadian Soccer Association who aren't paying them. They're not paying them the same as their male counterparts. They haven't been paid for, for their work last year. They had every reason to go out on strike. You know, they had the, the solidarity with the U.S. women. And, and our Canadian gals went all over social media, all over traditional media to talk about the injustice. They threatened the boycott. And then they backed down. Why? They played a shitty game, Mike. Why did they back down? In light of what's going on with the CSA, and, and not just with the women's deal, like with everything to do with Canadian soccer and their shabby treatment, especially of the women, would you have been okay with the, with the women boycotting the game. Would you have been okay with that? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, but they were threatened with that lawsuit, right? So clearly the lawyers got involved and then they thought they, they better uh, fulfill this obligation. If, if What was going to happen to them if they didn't? Right. Okay? Right, I, I think, I think, the game I think of chicken. they lost face. I think they lost face here. I think they should have stuck by their guns and said, no, we're boycotting. Because when are they going to boycott? Now, are they going to boycott the next game? Right. Is there going to be another line in the sand if we don't get a negotiation start? And should they be negotiating when they're preparing for the Women's World Cup? We're talking about the defending Olympic gold medalists being treated like shit. Take a stand. We're, all of Canada is with you, ladies. All, the America, everyone is with you. There isn't one person I know of that's going, no, no, we're siding with the Canadian Soccer Association, those pricks. <laughs> right. Fire right. the board, okay? Right. Christ, if it's not the Canadian, if it's not uh, Canada hockey, it's Canada soccer. Jesus Christ, what's the matter with these people? So we all believe that that we would all support, I would support a boycott. Don't play the she, whatever it's called, she sells sanctuary cup or whatever. <laughs> the cult, yeah. So, so as soon as they went on the field, and, and I'm watching, them, I'll tell you about the, the television broadcast of it because it wasn't on, you know, traditional TV. It was on a streaming Yeah, service. I didn't see it. Oh, my God. Ugh. It was awful. As poorly as Canada played, mm -hmm. it wasn't anywhere near as bad as the TV broadcast. Okay, this is one soccer. You have to pay. You have to pay extra for this particular streaming service. Okay? Do you pay for it? Yeah, I pay for it because I want to. I like soccer. And you're the one percent we talked about earlier. I, I want to watch soccer. Okay, it's got all the uh, English Premier games, uh, football TV, football TV, and it's also got one soccer. But I got to tell you, it's like watching a, like a. A high school production would be better. I expect a reasonable production and I expect professional broadcasters. Now, the fellow doing the play-by-play, -play, 
was a guy named Adam. No last name. And the only reason I know that is, is that the female um, uh, color analyst referred to him during the broadcast. Going, well, Adam, blah, 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 blah. Her name, I don't know. His name, I, don't, I didn't get a last name from him. I don't know if he was in Orlando. They were in Orlando or in a studio somewhere or in two different studios calling it off a monitor. It was awful. Okay. And the female counterpart whose name she never, I never heard her name. I didn't never saw a graphic, you know, the voices of nothing like that. I watched the whole uh, broadcast. Awful. By the way, that's Adam Jenkins, by the way, is who you were seeing. Don't know who he is. No idea. I Googled. Where's Gareth Wheeler? Every freaking game I watch with Canada, it's Gareth Wheeler. Where's Gareth Wheeler? Is he not the voice of Canada soccer or not? I don't know. But anyway, this guy never once called play by play. He never once identified the player with the ball. Now I know Christine Sinclair is number 12 and I know, you know, Oh, there's Janine Becky 16. I think, Oh, that's, you know, so I know a lot of the players, but on the U S team, I don't know. And in soccer, it's the easiest thing in the world. Smith Jones back to Smith. Now you take a bit of a pause, right? Maybe the color commentator jumps in and says, you know, Smith is playing in a high line or blah, 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 whatever it is. It's a slow enough game. But when I hear the two of them jabbering away, especially her just jabbering while the play is going on, not identifying who the players are, I'm like, man, what kind of broadcast is this? Mm. Like you assume that every viewer knows who all the players are? Come on. Even in English soccer, when I know, where I know every, everybody knows that, like every player, they're all great players. Even there, a commentator says, you know, every so often, Walker, De Bruyne, you know, Mares, nothing. No play-by-play at all. Just yammer, 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 back and forth, back and forth. We're down 1-0. We're down 2-0. No right. flow at all. No, I, I have no idea who that player is for the U.S. I, no, no freaking idea. Oh, there's Alex Morgan down again. It was just awful. I really missed Gareth Wheeler. Anyway, now they go to halftime, and they go to the studio, okay? And in the studio, you got uh, Andy Petrillo, who's great. She's, like, fantastic, right? Sure. Uh, she, she, I don't know why she doesn't do play-by-play. I think she'd be fantastic at it. Jeez. But anyway, so she's great in the studio, and she's got uh, Jess Lisi uh, and Claire Rusted. Um, Jess is in the studio, and Claire is in BC, you know, in, in a box. And they're analyzing the first half, and it's pretty good, good analysis. And But but they don't have enough production value. There's not enough situations where they can they can run the highlights and say, let's take a look at the highlights. Let's go over this play or that play. They're sort of at the mercy of maybe the host broadcaster. I don't know. But just a disappointing um, huh. game and and broadcast, just a disappointing, I'm paying for this. And it's like, eh, no graphics, Mike. Like, you know, you know, normally you'll see, here's the lineups and you'll see a graphic showing, you know, the starting 11, not none of that. Hmm. Like none, none, no voices of who, and you know, what's his name? Jenkins. Adam Jenkins. Don't know who well, I, I've never, I don't know. him. Yeah. He's a one soccer guy. I guess he's a, uh, he's again, a- one soccer. <laughs> and, and here's the other thing. This is weird. It's a streaming service, but what they do is they, they, they take a break. Like it's conventional TV to go for commercial break. Right. Like, like Andy's like, okay, we'll be right back to talk more about this. You know, this is on the post game show. So in the break, they run like a one minute promo of all the one soccer that they're going to show. Mm-hmm. Right. They run another promo for soccer. And then they run like, I think a 30 second commercial for Toyota, the official sponsor of one soccer or something like that. And then they go back to the studio and I think, oh, wait a minute, the streaming service, what's this taking a break? No breaks. No, no commercials. I'm paying for this. I'm paying for, not for you to go for commercial breaks or f- to promote, promote what you've got. In other words, there shouldn't be commercial breaks. None of them on this. There should, you go straight through. 
No, I'm with you. Hebsy, I'm with you. I watch uh, The Last of Us on my Crave, which I pay big bucks for every single month, and it opens with a promo, and it's fine. I don't mind a promo for Succession every freaking time, but why are you forcing an ad on me? I paid big bucks to watch this streaming service. It's the same. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Hey, before we leave soccer, though, Dale Cadeau points out something on your uh, YouTube channel, and for those listening to the podcast, every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern, we're live on Hebsy's YouTube channel, and there's a lot of engagement, unlike SN Bets. So... Dale Cadeau says, he says that's, it's, you tell me, I'm assuming he's right because he's a knowledgeable uh, knowledgeable man, but he says that's the last soccer match for the, our Canadian women prior to the World Cup. Like there's no friendly scheduled. Have you heard any of this? No, like, we've got this, you know, you, you're still left to play. You're going to play Japan and you're going to play Brazil in this tournament. And then, yeah, there's, that's it. Now they could come up with a friendly prior to the women's world cup they did it last time i guess the men did you kind of find some country that needs a friendly you know japan oh japan you guys want to have a little friendly you can always okay, arrange yeah, that so this event advance. yeah so after this event there's nothing scheduled at this point prior no, to the no, world but there cup. usually isn't anything scheduled that close to the to the world cup okay I, I just wondered if you need a few and again friendlies. the friendly the friendly well you could you might they, they might decide have priestman might decide you know we got to have a friendly we got to okay. have something to get us you know ready ready to go because we are the defending Gold medal, Olympic gold medalist. That's okay, right. Mike, now, okay. to show you how the sports media world has changed before our very eyes, Diamond Sports Group, which owns and operates 19 regional sports networks, many under the Bally Sports banner, that televised about a third of all MLB, NBA, and NHL games, said on Wednesday it would not be making a $140 million interest payment on its nearly $9 billion of debt. So that sets the stage for a possible bankruptcy filing next month. And now the pressure is on for those leagues that I mentioned to come up with a solution because Mike, North American sports fans are now consuming sporting events a lot differently than they were just a few years ago, actually even just a few months ago, because it used to be that sports channel and yes, the Yankee entertainment system and all these regional networks, they're making money hand over fist, right? But the problem is more and more people are now moving towards streaming. And that means less revenue being generated by these regional sports networks, such as Bally Sports, which is owned by Diamond. In recent years, as you know, I've used DAZN and Mike, we just talked about today, Fubo TV to watch soccer. Those games used to be on Sportsnet or TSN, which I would pay my monthly cable bill or whatever it was, and they would be a part of it. But now... If I want to watch those games, I've got to pay extra for the streaming service. And a lot of other people are like me. So it was only a matter of time before other leagues followed suit. You know, the NFL games now are on. They've got to deal with Amazon, right, Mike? Yes. MLB is using Apple TV, right, Mike? Yes. These are streaming services, right? Yes. Okay. This guy. Here's the thing with baseball, for example. MLB is using Apple TV. Why are they using Apple TV? By the way, they just fired Katie Nolan and um, I forget the other, there's another woman that they had on their Friday night broadcast that just, it just didn't work. But they're trying to get younger fans. They're trying to get new fans, people interested in baseball, okay? And these are people they want to get that don't watch traditional TV. They're cord cutters. They're streamers. So these regional sports networks spend, I don't know, like hundreds of millions, of, billions of dollars sometimes in rights fees to secure the rights to broadcast the team's games. And they can't make an interest payment and they still owe billions to these professional sports teams, like about $2 billion that they owe a lot of these teams, NBA, NHL, and MLB teams. And they're $9 billion in debt. Wow. So you tell me, the regional sports network business model in the United States, 
it's busted forever. It's remarkable to hear this, but at the same time, you're thinking, yeah, I mean, they're already $9 billion in debt and they can't generate the same revenue that they could. They never will be able to generate to say to advertisers, you pay us this much, which helps defray the costs of the rights fees. Just can't be done. So I guess streaming services are the way to go. It's going to be, and I don't mind that, Mike. If you say to me, look, it's going to cost you $10 a month, $150 a year, whatever it is, and you can watch all the games, every single one of them, right? Whenever you want. I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, sure. But you got one for MLB. You got one for NHL. Like you start to add them up. Look at how much right. money you're sinking into. Uh, like, it, but, it, look, but look how much it costs for your cable subscription. What's it costing you for cable? What do you got, Rogers or Bell? Uh, Bell 5, yeah. Bell so what's five. it cost you? A couple hundred a month? More? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Tell it's bundled me. in with the internet, and it all ends up being about a couple hundred. But the, the internet's in there, and uh, a phone's right. in there. They want you to bundle it, of course. I get that. I get that. So so now so now it's like, okay, so it's another 10. Let's say I want to spend another $20 a month for a couple of streaming services. I can watch my favorite games, all of them, every time. I'll take it. So okay. that looks like it's a way. Now in Canada, it's different than in the States because Rogers, uh, Sportsman and TSN, they're in good shape. They're fine. They're national networks and regional networks. They're both, right? Think about it. We've got the national game on the TSN and we've got the local TSN. You know, Jets, Senators, Leafs, all that stuff. And Bell and Rogers are not $9 billion in debt. Far, far from it. Nope. But in, the, but in the States, different story. So upon hearing of this mispayment by Diamond, mm-hmm. okay, uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of the M, uh, Major League Baseball, said that if Diamond Sports were unable or unwilling to broadcast games, the league would find a way to do so on its own, most likely by hiring its own production crews and showing the games both digitally and on traditional television. And he warned that baseball would move quickly away from Diamond Sports if they did not pay the clubs the money that they owe. If Diamond doesn't pay under uh, every single one of the broadcast agreements, said Manfred, that creates a termination right and our clubs will proceed to terminate those contracts. So I think of like, it's not so much, I don't think hockey and basketball are going to be affected. Their seasons are coming to an end, but baseball coming up is going to be huge. And I think of friends of ours, like Kenny Daniels and Dave Randorf, who both work for companies under the Bally Sports uh, umbrella, label, banner, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, Dave works for Bally Sports uh, Tampa Bay, I think it's called, uh, or it used to be the Sunshine Network down there, whatever, uh, you know. And uh, Kenny works for Bally Sports uh, Detroit, which does Pistons games and Red Wings games. And I think they do Tigers games as well. And I'm pretty sure the owner of the big company is the former comedian, Byron Allen. Extremely wealthy guy. Because Bally Sports is Bal, B-A, the Bal is uh, the B. Allen, right? Byron Allen would be Bally. I did not know B. that. Allen. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, okay. pretty sure. Although his name never shows up in there, but he is, he's the owner of like Sinclair or Bally or, you know, Diamond Sports. They're all kind of come wow. under the same umbrella. How about that, eh? Ooh. Okay. NBA All-Star Weekend is underway in Utah. The usual stuff. You got the celebrity game tonight. You got the slam dunk, the three-point uh, shooting contest and the skills competition Saturday. And then the big game, uh, which is preceded by the all-star draft as LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, choose their teams just before the game on Sunday. So like live draft, like all the players are there. Okay. You're going to play for us. It's like pickup, right? It's like, okay, sure. Skins. Okay. I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll take, I'll take him. But it's a draft. It's fun. Um, and uh, we've got uh, Pascal Siakam 
who will be chosen, I think, by Giannis, probably not until the 15th pick overall. But you never know. LeBron might say, no, no, I got to have Pascal on my team. You never know. And remember, there's no East and there's no West here. You get drafted either by LeBron or Giannis, and you're on their team. Uh, so it'll be exciting. It's in Utah, the uh, All-Star game, and there'll always some good stories coming out of there, some good stuff. Meanwhile, what about the Raptors, Mike? What about the Well, they hit the break in a play-in position in the East. They're 10th with a 28-31 and 31 record. Washington's just a half game ahead of them. Atlanta, only a full game ahead of the Raptors in eighth place. So I'm expecting a big push by the Raptors here, Mike, over the final 23 games, if they can stay healthy. If freaking OG can get back in the lineup, they'll be a hell of a squad. And even as even now, I still think that, you know, they've got the talents that they can take on just about any team in the East. I think Milwaukee and Boston are the cream of the crop. I think after that, anything can happen. So over the final 23 games, if the Raptors can go 13 and 10 or 14 and 9, I think we'll be in uh, I think we'll be in good shape. Good shape. I truly believe that, Mike. I truly do. You're, you're a true believer, Hebsey. True I believer. think they can make life miserable. I don't think any team would want to play the Raptors. That's just me. Would you have these same opinions if you uh, were not a diehard Toronto sports fan? I think I might because they do have talent. We know that. We know Van Vliet. We know Barnes. We know Siakam. We know Oj. We know, you know, they went and got Jakob Bertel, which certainly helps their team. They're a better team. And even Masai Ujiri admitted that he didn't, had, didn't done, hadn't done enough um, for this team. He hadn't put an, enough good personnel on the floor to make them a competitive team. And he wants to change that. And he did it with Pirtle. And let's see. Well, I'm still let's shocked see. that we were, we were literally buyers at the deadline. And I mm-hmm. thought we would be big time sellers. Like I, I still don't quite. And I, again, in Masai, we trust this is like written on the walls, I think in all mm-hmm. the basements in this city, but I don't get it to be quite honest. Uh, this, this, right, this team is first round fodder. I mean, I would anyway, what, that's why that's I'm not in charge think. of these uh, NBA teams. But that's what you <laughs> that think. is what I think, though. What I, that's what all I'm I have. Is this, that over the 82-game season, you notice a change in a team. <laughs> Sometimes the change happens, you know, like right before your eyes. Like, where did this come from? They gel. They click. Whatever it is. They win games they're not supposed to win. The Raptors have that capacity to do that and make life miserable for other teams. And when you're that, and when you're playing for, ah, come on, nobody, what are the expectations of this team? And you're playing loose. Man, anything can happen. I I'm think excited. teams would be very excited to see that their uh, their playoff round is against the Toronto Raptors. I think they'd be, they'd nobody be wants licking, to play licking the Raptors. their lips. Nobody wants to play the Raptors. Nobody. Trust me. Nobody. Meanwhile, the Maple Leafs, that different story. I think I don't think teams are afraid of the Leafs. And they're in the same old state, waiting for Tampa to blow by them in the Atlantic Division for second place and home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs, which is like two months away. Uh, Leafs have 74 points in 55 games, one more than Tampa, uh, and the Bolts have a game in hand. So big game for Toronto? No, there's no big games for Toronto. <laughs> there's none. They don't mean a fucking thing until the playoffs. But you can say it's a big game because they're taking on the Montreal Canadiens at the Scotiabank Arena Saturday night. Leafs have. Woohoo! Um, and the Habs, as we all know, are tanking beautifully in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Oh, they're trying to make it look good. The occasional win here and there, but come on. They suck. Them in Chicago suck. And who do the Leafs play Sunday? Chicago. So what a weekend. You got Montreal and Chicago. You should be the easy pickings. Two shit teams. See that game the other night against Chicago? What a snooze fest. I feel sorry for people that paid money to buy tickets to that game. <laughs> that was two disinterested teams. That was, uh, nobody hit anybody. That was horrible. Chicago, they're tanking better than anybody. They're they're way better tankers than Montreal. <laughs> they are shit. What a brutal fucking team. 
So uh, yeah, so we get uh, we get Montreal the tankers, and then Sunday we get Chicago the tankers, and then and then uh, the Leafs are in Buffalo on Tuesday, and then home to Minnesota next Friday. I might I might take a trip to Buffalo. Leafs Buffalo games in Buffalo are always good. Go see some of my friends down in the Niagara Peninsula. Nice. Um, and then they're home next Friday to Minnesota, so we'll have a preview of that game. So stay tuned for that next Friday on the podcast. Ooh, that'll be exciting. Uh, another nothing game. It's nothing. What's happening with Tampa? Nothing matters, Hebsey. You know, ping me when Nothing we're, uh... matters but the weekend from a Tuesday point of view. <laughs> uh, I think you know, Mike, how I feel about certain panelists on the Rogers hockey broadcasts. Well, it seems I'm not the only one. Jennifer Botterill went off last week about taking hitting out of hockey and social media blew up. Now, I didn't see oh. the clip. But I, I got a pretty good idea what she said and how she said it because people were like, like, like apparently the other panelists were looking at her like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like hitting like actual clean body yeah, checks? Like, yeah, because Jacob Troub every week, you know, like lays somebody I, out with a clean oh. check and it's, was it a headshot? And she had said something well, to the effect of, you've got to take this out of hockey. You got well, headshot should hockey. be taken out of hockey to be no, honest. No, but not hitting out of hockey. No, of course not. That, and, I mean, and, it sounds like. And those weren't headshots. They weren't. Everybody said those are clean hits. Craig Button, they're all going to clean hits. But you're, every time there's a hit in hockey now, every fucking time, somebody's got to drop the gloves. Oh, you hit my guy. And they can start a fight. i got to tell you something. Yeah. That's part of hockey. Not You're right. Not headshots. I agree, Mike. But there's lots of these hits that are not headshots. Of course. Right? It's like you're trying to say, oh, yeah, the player, his head has to be unscrewed from his body in order for it not to be a headshot. I mean, it, the head is... But when you see a player's head snap back, it's not necessarily because he was hit in the head. It's because the force of the hit, the clean hit in the chest, in the shoulder. And it's happening at lightning speed. Right. Lightning speed. Like boom. So when you first see it, you go, fuck, that was a clean hit. But then something in your mind goes, wait a minute. Uh, maybe not. And then before you know it, some player on the other team is attacking the guy that made the clean hit. I see this should all the take, time. Mike, should they take hitting out of hockey? Should they? Well, Hebsey, of course not, right? Like, I watch my eight-year-old play house Go league. Go talk to Jennifer Botterill. See, I got to give her the benefit of I got to see the clip. Like, I can't, is she talking about Everybody headshots? Everybody on social media said that she said take hitting out of hockey. Take yeah. hitting. We all know. Everybody knows take hit headshots out of hockey. Can Everyone you, said that. You know I what? got clips of every single analyst saying take headshots out of hockey. Right. I don't have any of them. So I'm now saying take hitting on hockey. Oh my god! But I will say it is. It does bother me. A clean hit in hockey, a clean body check, and then beautiful. the uh, the you know you have to stand up for your teammate who got <laughs> hit clean. Like that to me is strange. Like why is there an issue with the clean body know, check? It's I, a machismo one nonsense. But fucking. Jennifer Botterill, uh, I got it. She's awful. You know, you can't take hitting out of hockey because that's a whole different sport. And it sounds like a sport I'm not particularly interested in watching. Although I do like women's hockey without the hitting. But I can't imagine a Leaf game without hitting. Like, it just, no. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to see women's hockey with hitting? Can I Lower the shoulder and knock question. her off her feet. Why you know? is there no hitting no, in say, women's hockey? Can I ask? Is it because you. back in the thank day, maybe you. they I thought they were. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, but I think if you asked any competitive hockey player, male or female. Yeah. If you took... If you allowed hitting, right? With, of course, penalties for excessiveness. But if you allowed the game, would it be a better game? If you were allowed, okay? In other words, you can't, you can't call a penalty on someone for body checking. 
right? Like, oh, there is no penalty. That's body check. It's a great question. Off. Like, wh- why did they? I don't the know. game evolve without hitting? It's almost like it came from a misogynist root, and we just accepted it. Like, it's almost well, like- no, no, no. Because young kids, you can't hit until a certain age in hockey, you know, youth sure, hockey. That's true. Didn't, but it didn't used to be that way. When I first started playing hockey, I was like six years old. They were fucking hitting. Okay, because when I was playing, we couldn't hit a real at, big uh, six-year-old who we all thought was eight. Really, we you can hit at six years old. <laughs> Okay, it's not six, well, he's eight, he's nine. Well, okay, I will say, oh yeah, yeah, we have to move on, except no, that- No, we, uh, we don't have to do fucking anything. What okay. did you want to say? That hitting is a fundamental part of, uh, you know, competitive ice hockey. Right. And they should not take hitting out of hockey. Uh, my only suggestion is, you know, they added the game of ringette, you know, years ago for those who didn't, you know, for, as an alternative to hockey, they played on the ice and skating. And, and there's other sports, there's other, you know, you could do hybrid versions of any sport that you want to, Mike, nowadays. You can have hitting with hockey and non-hitting. You can have any sport and modify the same way they did with baseball, where they added T-ball. <clears throat> Just get people involved in the game. But I'll be honest with you. I think if you ask any competitor who plays hockey, yeah, would you like there to be contact? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And either that or you're going to play flag hockey. It's like flag football. You're going to play a sport where you can't hit that person, but you got to pull the flag out of their thing or something. It's like the all-star game. We don't want that. (laughs) Okay, let's go to golf now. Keith Mitchell and Max Homa are the co-leaders after the opening round of the Genesis Invitational. The Genesis Invitational, Phil Collins, Mike Rutherford, and Tony Banks, along with Peter Gabriel. Next. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That's Genesis. Mike and the Mechanics. Okay. got the wrong there. Fuck. Yeah, it's Genesis, the car, the kind of car, the same car that Tiger Woods crashed a couple of years ago. And one of the commentators on the Golf Channel said yesterday, he almost died in that car crash. Mike, I don't remember him almost dying. No. no. And and then someone else was like, he almost lost his leg. Mike, I no, no, that's a fucking myth. He didn't almost lose his fucking leg. That's such bullshit. Anyway, Tiger Woods is playing in a non-major for the first time since the year of the small potato. He limped his way through 18 holes and made three straight birdies on 16, 17, and 18 and finished with a 200 par 69, five strokes off the lead. People were going wild. Everybody was taking pictures of Tiger Woods. Here's Tiger swinging. Here's Tiger limping. Here's Tiger eating banana. But the best was when Tiger, after hitting a tee shot on one of the holes, went right to the john. And so his playing partners, who happened to be Justin Thomas and uh, Rory McIlroy, they walked up to the green on this par three and it's like, where's Tiger? And here's Tiger walking, limping by himself. He had to go to the John. He had to take a pee. So there, everyone's waiting for Tiger. Like the crowd's there. The other golfers are there. The caddy's there. His caddy is up there. And they're just waiting for Tiger to limp his way up, you know, to the, to the green. And they're going to the bathroom. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he had to be there. He had to be there. Mm-hmm. Top Canadians happen to be the Adams family. Mike, Adam Hadwin, four under par. Mm-hmm. Adam Svensson, four under par. Oh. I like that. Uh, and then we've we got Nick fans. Taylor, who was awesome last week. He was the runner-up to Scotty Scheffler at the Waste Management. He was tremendous. Uh, he's at two under par. Corey Connors, even par. Mackenzie Hughes, plus one. In tennis, the only remaining Canadian on both tours is Felix Auger-Aliassim, who's into the quarterfinals against Daniel Medvedev this morning at the Amro Open in Rotterdam. Mike, do we have an updated score? No, I think it's. I don't think it started. I think it starts like in, mo- in moments. Like We can oh, okay. end well, the Zoom go. and then go oh, watch yeah. that. All right. Although, where can I watch okay. that, Hebsey? I have no idea where know. anything is anymore. I'll, I'll see the highlights later. Right. Um, I got a bet on Felix. Oh, oh S- SN Bets is no longer? Oh, shit. I wonder if <laughs> well, it's still Felix around is, right now. Yeah, I know. Felix is the number three seed. Medvedev seeded sixth. Dennis Shapovalov lost his first round match earlier this week in Delray Beach, Florida. Uh, on the women's side, Bianca Andreescu withdrew from Qatar. 
and both Rebecca Marino and Leila, Leila, Lila, Annie Fernandez <laughs> were eliminated early. That's one girl, by the way, one woman. One, one person. That's not, three, that's not three different women. That's Leila, Leila, Lila. She's been known as all three. Um, right. Annie Fernandez. In fact, she didn't even get past the qualifiers. Really? I'm so disappointed, Hebsey. I know, but it's okay, Mike. That's part but of the But she's like, you know, Filipino here. descent. Uh, my daughter was very excited well, to okay. see herself She'll on the screen. Back. Okay. She's not a flash She'll in the pan and, like uh, Bianca? I don't think so. It's early, too. It's, and it's not the high season yet. It's it's February. You know, they're, 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 they're taking it easy, getting their way back. But wait. Finally, you may have noticed all the video coming from Dunedin, Florida, and mm-hmm. all the other spring training camps. Players arriving at the parking lot. <laughs> players laughing and smiling. Um you know, long distance video from somebody off their phone, right? Uh, oh, there's Don Mattingly coaching Vladdy at first base. Folks, every reporter down there has a phone and every one of them records stuff and then just hit send and it's out there on Twitter or whatever. It's so easy these days. Back in the day when I worked at Sportsline, there wasn't any of that, of course. Here's what happened. We used to send a crew of three down to spring training and we could make arrangements directly with the player, right? At, at Like at the camp, we didn't have to go through, you know, the PR, go right to the player, hey, can we interview you? Hey, can we shoot some video? And with Ernie Witt one time, I'd say this about 1985, maybe. Okay. Yeah, 84, 85. Anyway, we go to Ernie Witt and we say, Ernie, can we put a mic on you? Can you like, you know, put a mic pack in your in your pocket and then we'll clip the mic to your chest protector. We want to shoot you, you know. Anyway, phenomenal, man. Like the shots you see today of a reporter standing behind the catcher, you know, with his phone, him or her, their phone going, mm-hmm. and the catcher's on the other side of a fence and you're recording a pitch from 60 feet away that's being thrown, you know, and everyone's got that shot, right? Oh, there's Kikuchi throwing. Right. Well, what we used to do, what we did was with Ernie Witt, we had to, so we wire him up, we clip the mic to the chest protector. Now he's catching batting practice or whatever. Then our camera operator, he's not on the other side of a fence. He would position himself over Witt's shoulder, like the, like the umpire, in the umpire's position. And he would trust that the pitcher would hit wit and not the camera you know that kind of a thing it was fantastic it took some guts and it took pretty good control from the pitcher as well but some of the stuff we got was tremendous mike the sound of the ball popping into ernie witt's mitt with the microphone sorry right there yeah a clip to his chest protector it was phenomenal that sound gave you an idea of how freaking hard he was throwing it and of course you could see the ball coming in because you know the camera our camera operator was like Fling. It was, it was wild. So anyway, so Ernie's great too. He leaves it up. We give him a different mic pack and now they're playing a game that afternoon and he keeps the, the microphone on, yeah. keeps it on during batting practice before the game. And then he agrees to wear it in the game and the material we got was spectacular. And I have to tell you, here's, here's the way it ended. Uh-huh. Third or fourth inning, we got just terrific stuff and Louis Leal is pitching for the Blue Jays and he bounces one in front of the plate and all we hear, all we hear is, right? Like it catches the microphone and it's a little teeny clip mic it's a little one right it catches right. it flush and just smashes it <laughs> end of recording session and back in those days i mean it was 300 bucks to replace that microphone in the mic pack and i remember having to call back saying um wow yeah we had a bit of an accident and but the footage we got was like worth it like if you looked at that we said that was a that was a 300 dollars the, 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 the footage was worth it was worth but it was great even in 81 money you can't do that nowadays. You can if you're a rights holder, maybe, in spring training. But the access we had to the players was great. Wow. And the stuff that we used to get was tremendous. That You just can't get with your phone at spring training. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, that's it for episode 321 of Hebsey on Sports. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. You have a fantastic weekend. Tell your friends. Uh, tell your enemies, tell your family about this <laughs> podcast. We'd love to have you as a subscriber. 
And then, of course, that way, when we go and approach sponsors, we say, look at all the people that listen to Hebsey on sports. Wouldn't you like them to be your customers? And they go, wow, that many? You're kidding. That's great. Sure. And then we're friends for life. It's simple. Uh, again, thanks for allowing us into your headspace back with another exciting episode of Hebsey on Sports next week. Until then, so long for now.